welcome back to More Than You Know. Thank you for tuning in today. Um, we hope we can get some more feedback regarding our first two episodes, and today we're introducing our third one. Today, we're going to be talking about Bangladesh's overpopulation crisis and the current measures being taken to control it. So everyone will go around as usual and introduce themselves, starting with... Hi, I'm here and I'm going very simple today. My favorite color is yellow. Hi, I'm Rishi and I like space. Hi, I'm Harsh and my favorite holiday destination is Maldives. Hi, I'm your speaker and I refuse to give any fun facts about myself. Thanks, yes, Kaju. <laughs> <laughs> so Harsh, what do you think about Bangladesh's overpopulation crisis? So Bangladesh's overpopulation crisis has been something that the country was tackling previously and over the during like the late 1900s after Bangladesh gained independence that's when their population started to rise rapidly it started to spike almost and as a result of that there have been as a result of that there have been many questions as to whether or not that population has been rising too quickly um, and there, as a result of that, the government decided to put measures in, pla- measures in place in order to stunt this population growth such that Bangladesh is able to provide its large population with the resources that they need. To sort of give some numbers, to, uh, it makes a little bit more sense. Currently, the birth rate is 17.714 births per 1,000 people. And the mortality rate, uh, essentially the death rate, is 5.41 births per 1,000 people. So as you can see, the difference is so significant that the population continues to be increasing at a very high level. However, there have been measures that have been put now. Yeah, definitely. I do agree. And I think... So this is statistics from right now. And I think it has definitely decreased. Like, the birth rates have gotten lower. But, like, it's still taking a very long time to do so. But we let's speak about what the government has done to control mm-hmm. the birth rates. Rishi, what do you think? I think the government of Bangladesh tackled three main issues within the country that helped reduce the overall population growth rate. To begin with, the Bangladeshi government increased education and particularly increased education for women to, to reduce the overall fertility... Not fertility rates, overall... population growth rate for women because the age at which they got married basically basically because now that more women were educated they were more they were more likely to join the labor force and therefore they would want they would want children later in their lives secondly I think the government of Bangladesh also improved the overall health care in the country as a result this reduced the overall mother and child mortality rate in when Bangladesh first gained its independence the average number of kids a woman had was about seven, and only f- only about apologies, about on- only f- about only a quarter of them would die before they turned five, and only one of them would be able to read and write. However, due to improvement in healthcare, now that now that the overall children now the overall child mortality I'm sorry, child mortality rate has decreased. Families do not want as many children as they do not need as many children and they're not worried about them passing away. As a result, this, this also helped reduce the overall population growth rate. Lastly, the government introduced contraception to even the most remote areas in the country. Because contraception was introduced in the most remote areas in the country, there were less accidental pregnancies. 
Contraception use when Bangladesh originally originally gained independence was around 8%. However, now, but not now, in 2019, the, pop, the overall use of contraception rose to 76%. And as a result, this massively decreased the overall population growth rate. So now, as Rishi stated, as to what the three things the Bangladeshi government is doing in order to reduce, in order to control this uh, population growth rate, what I would like to delve further into the aspect of girls' education. So the government has now has now prioritized the education of women and young girls mainly, and this continuing as Rishi said. Continuing this education delays marriage and childbearing because it equips girls with the knowledge, status, and confidence to have greater control over their lives. Now, as they become more educated, a lot of these girls, their priorities change. And so a lot of their priorities don't didn't really fit into marriage. It became more about their career. So childbirth for them was more of an afterthought. Moreover, uh, Ralph Hackard, a technical advisor at the UN Population Fund, also stated that education is a major predictor of fertility levels. When women have opportunities to work outside the home, it has a major impact on fertility. Definitely. So moving on to sort of contraception, I think a really interesting thing that they've done is that they're hiring different people, um, women especially, to go into different small villages and educate the people there on contraception and essentially what it is. They also give them small packages with different contraceptive materials. And I think it's a great initiative because they're educating the whole population. So yeah, I definitely think that's something that that's a measure that's being taken that will definitely create change. Yeah, I agree. And especially with that community-based approach, it really causes that entire community to be involved exactly. in it. It creates that sense of togetherness because that whole community is being educated about sex, sexual education. And so it's something that's very important and that that is something that each individual feels they're doing with someone else and as a member of the Bangladesh, uh, the country of Bangladesh itself. Absolutely. I do think going to door a uh, door to door is really effective because um, it is grassroots work and it starts from the bottom up. Um, but I'm not sure that people feel like they're part of some sort of community. I mean, I'm not sure how everyone using contraceptives creates a community feeling. I suppose I understand where you're coming from, but I think a huge part of their work first has to be destigmatizing the use of condoms and talking about sex openly and. Um, Obviously, I understand the cultural barriers, and I'm not saying that they hope it like they hold open talks about no. sex. Um, it like I said, it has to be a more so door to door thing where they discuss it within each household. Um, but yeah, I think destigmatizing it is the first thing because if I just have to relate it back to something in India, um, in a lot of villages, women never use pads or any sort of sanitary products, and um. It, it, they were offered the chance to use them. They were given uh, the products at a very low cost, but that wasn't the issue. The issue was the stigma around it and how people were hesitant to use it because of that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what the main issue is. And if that would be tackled, I think um, then the usage of condoms will increase or any sort of contraceptive for that matter. That's very true. And I actually agree with that. So yeah, I agree. I agree. That doesn't create a sense of community feel. But one thing that Bangladesh has done very well is that they've actually, they've allowed individuals if they, for example if you go to a remote place and you have to go from door to door speaking to women use it, to use more contraception they've used individuals in the village that have 
higher authority and that are more are respected more. And so as a result of that, they were considered to those individuals that went from door to door were considered to be elite and they had credibility among uh, a very suspicious and religious population. So I think that destigmatization process of the entire uh, of introduction introducing contraceptives was very well done by Bangladesh. Yeah, and I think one of the things as Harsh mentioned, like was how was how well the government managed to overcome some of the cultural barriers that come alongside contraception and also not only contraception but also in some in some cases education for women. And I think you know because we managed to they managed to overcome some cultural barriers and I think that's why they managed to reduce the overall population growth rate. I think that now it's a good time to also discuss and compare with other countries that have also tried to reduce population growth rate. So for example, we uh, we can literally look at um, Bangladesh's neighbor, uh, well close neighbor, China. So we can talk about how China's birth control policies have curbed their birth rates which have fallen steeply from the 1970s, especially with the introduction of the one-child policy. And it, the, ultimately, that, popu- that number of children that a woman can born really significantly reduced from what it was previously. We're not going to be talking about the politics of this decision because we understand it is a slightly controversial topic. We're just going to talk about the effects of the policy. And I, I suppose politics plays into a role about, like, into the discussion. Um, but right now we're just looking at it at a point of comparison. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so when that one-child policy was implemented, birth uh, fertility rates definitely fell because... Uh, there, as a result of the one-child policy, a lot of females had to get sterilized at, after they gave birth to one child, essentially. However, unfortunately, this one-child policy, I believe, did come at a cost. And due to China's, I guess, cultural preference for boys, and not just China's, I feel like from an, it's, from in Asia, yeah, yeah. it's like an Asian kind of mentality that boys are considered to be superior. This and was back so, then, obviously. Yeah, it was back then. And so... As a result, sex-selective abortions and uh, female in- infanticide, infanticide, yeah, infanticide increased, which uh, left China with a massive gender imbalance. And the policy also, as a result of the policy, there was a spike in the age. There's a spike in the elderly population, which didn't do China any favors, definitely, because their young population was decreased. So there are less individuals that could go into the workforce and really allow China's economy to boom. So, as I said about China's one-child policy, that unfortunate that led to a lot of um, individuals only having one one child, obviously, and led to an increase in aging population. Now, an extreme example of this um, controlling the population too much would be Japan. Japan has controlled their population so well, such that unfortunately now they have a new silver tsunami on the way because now um, the, a lot a significant proportion of their population. Is, a, is considered to be an elderly individual. Mm-hmm. So they have fewer and fewer individuals that are young. And so as a result, there are less individuals, there's less, quote unquote, fresh blood going into the workforce. And in the end, I feel like that would just hurt them. Um, speaking about Japan, though, there's also a really strong work culture in Japan. People are known to overwork themselves, and they genuinely, as absurd as it sounds, don't have time for sex. Um, by the end of the day, most people are exhausted from work, and um, they genuinely just don't have that time to take a take out. Furthermore, um, in, in Japan, there's also 
uh, a really active sex industry and men tend to be quite lonely like going to research and um and actually choose to indulge in maybe more short-term relationships rather than long-term ones that might lead to marriage or whatever uh, it might be. So just just preferring short-term relationships over longer ones. And um, I apologize. I don't. I admittedly don't know too much about uh, Japan's entire um, issues regarding their uh, aging population. But from what I do know, um, these are two factors that also contribute towards the fact that they they do have really low fertility rates. Sorry, this is a really convoluted way to make a point. But essentially what I was trying to get at is the fact that our generation faces unique challenges. And I think we have to take those into account, especially with the rise of technology um, and just other very clear ones. So um, when we think about policies, it's really important to take into into account um like I said, just the issues that our generation faces and how we need to consider them before um, making any sweeping policy, I suppose. And I'm not I'm not trying to compare Bangladesh and Japan in any way. I'm talking about it in isolation, just in general, as to when we talk about um, overpopulation strategies, there are a lot of things that we have to take into account. So moving on and coming back to Bangladesh again, let's speak about what are the benefits of the reduction in this population growth. Rishi, what do you think? Well, I think that the main benefit is that there's less depletion of resources. In a very over overpopulated environment, it is really hard to allocate resources to every to everyone and therefore there there's often gonna be people with people with less of any something. I mean I mean while this may not apply to Bangladesh, we can look at India for example. In the state Uttar Pradesh, that it that state in particular compared to the rest of India has a is more overpopulated and there's a very high population density and as a result over there the poverty tends to be higher due to the due to the inability for the government to easily provide education uh, food and proper health care for everyone just because there's so many people and it's hard to get it's hard to get every, apologies it's hard for everyone to get access to those resources so on a more lighter note when we talk about the depletion of resources and overpopulation um genuinely it's just a lighter note Julie, would the Thanos method work? Would eliminating half of the Earth's population work? And genuinely, that's something that I pondered over. That's how you take it, obviously. If you, because the main the, the the approach that shows that it does work highlights yeah. the fact that it it's based on the assumption that the overall the overall output of each economy won't be hindered too heavily. It's based on that assumption, and especially since nowadays. Nowadays, how most of our output is very capital intensive, uh, based on machinery, like it's assumed that they won't be hindered too much. However, obviously speaking, we, obviously speaking, this is all just speculation, and the ethical implication of eliminating half the population easily outweighs the possible benefits. Well, I was thinking on more like thank you for that really insightful comment. Let's move on to a more realistic yeah, note. Um, so Harsh, now, yeah, what what are your thoughts on um, just Bangladesh in general and uh, what it's doing? I think there are definitely implications to this to the reduction in this uh, population growth. I feel like because of this reduction in population growth, the population is now aging, and we haven't spoken about the implications of having an aging population yet. So, because as a population in, uh, as a population increases in average age, what happens is that over time, 
facilities such as healthcare and facilities such as welfare, they're put under more pressure. Now, as one grows older, it's an obvious fact that they're going to encounter more diseases. And so as a result of that, what's going to happen is that as the population grows older, there's going to be more of a strain on these healthcare resources, more of a strain on hospitals, more of a strain on care homes. And there is had there there will be as a result of that, more need for these resources. And unfortunately, there's a very limited supply of this, but the demand for it is going to increase largely, which is going to put all these healthcare services under a lot of strain. Sort of, sorry, Rishi, sort of sidetracking onto what we said earlier about Japan. Um, What they're introducing now is they're having more technology into these care homes because, as you said earlier, there's a very big um, sort of elderly population in Japan. They're introducing, like, AIs to take care of them and sort of just help them around because there's such a difference in um, generation and ages. But I feel like in Bangladesh specifically, implementing this AI will not be as easy as implementing it. Yeah, definitely not. In general, my ad, I... Uh, currently speaking, I do not think overpop. I don't. My apologies. I do not think that a silver tsunami will be a big problem in Bangladesh, considering how it's only been really recent that that the population growth rate has been declining. But and, yeah, no. and we still look at it. There's still a large young. There's still a large young population in Bangladesh right now that have yet to be educated and become adults and contribute to the economy. But my point is more long term speaking because there is uh, had there have been research papers written about the fact that if this continues. During this century, the current 7 million elderly individuals, for example, will now grow to more than 65 million, which accounts for about 26% of Bangladesh's total population. So I'm not speaking in just like the short term. I'm speaking from a longer term perspective. And even what I was adding was towards more what Japan was doing what perhaps will happen in the future? I think Bangladesh right now is not in that phase like Japan is because Japan is a first of world country. Not. Yeah, of and I feel not. like technology will be introduced much more slowly. So I feel like instead of that technology being introduced immediately, there's going to be firstly a strain on healthcare resources. Yeah. Especially since, yes, healthcare has been improving, as Rishi said before, in terms of women mortality and child mortality, that's reducing. Mm-hmm. I feel like still Bangladesh's healthcare system is not stable enough to allow for to combat this silver tsunami and all the implications that come alongside it. Yeah. Just to add, I don't think that the, health, the strain on healthcare is the biggest problem that comes alongside the silver tsunami. It's a fact that a lot of the, a large number of people that are currently in Bangladesh aren't going to be part of the labor force and therefore won't be contributing to the overall output, which only just halt everything and put a strain on the economy. And especially, especially since a young generation are going to have to use their money in terms of tax, obviously, to help provide for the older generations. But I still, I agree that that is a pressing issue, but I feel healthcare is also an extremely significant issue. I feel that because of healthcare, there puts a greater strain on the aspect of diabetes, for example. So, for example, when individuals when individuals get older and they become more elderly, they have a higher chance of contracting diseases such as diabetes, and that is a known fact. And as a result of that, according to various studies, the implied costs that is used by the Bangladeshi government to combat diabetes currently is about 154 million US dollars but that is projected to increase during the century if the population grow, if the elderly population grows by that percent by 
a large percentage, it is projected to increase to 405 million US dollars of spending just to cure diabetes. Now, if this is just one disease that is coming along with that silver tsunami that is that we're constantly referring to, imagine the other diseases that could be coming along with that. So I feel like, yes, healthcare isn't, isn't the mid, possibly the, the, sorry, apologies, the labor force is important, but I feel like you shouldn't discount healthcare as being of secondary course, to it. not discount healthcare, but I'm just... Of course not, but I'm just saying that I feel like this is a more pressing concern of how overall it's going to strain in the fact that the, in the fact that less people can contribute to the overall output of Bangladesh. But yes, I agree, there are less people, but you there, you can't ignore the facts. Yeah. All right, very interesting discussion. Thank you guys for tuning in. I apologize for the few heated moments there and uh, silly moments about Thanos but I do want to hear your feedback about that definitely also give us topics that you guys would want to hear our takes on yeah and uh, thank you to my three um, team members who did some fantastic research and uh, had very insightful conversations about overpopulation in Bangladesh well thank you guys for tuning in we wanted to end things on a more lighthearted and fun note so we've decided to introduce this sort of segment called the dad joke or slash riddle of the episode so kaju do you mind introducing this riddle to us today um why is an empty matchbox superior to all other matchboxes (laughs) 